I did a, a an interview with Brian Meyer, who's a journalist with Teleser, and it was about uh, it wasn't so much about Glenn; it was about Glenn's husband and how he um, had kind of shifted over to a more centrist kind of right wing mm-hmm. party in Brazil, and uh, and Glenn got big mad about the fact that we were talking about that, um, even though, uh, well, anyway, whatever. Uh, but you know, he he got he got very <laughs> angry about that, and then um, uh, decided to join us uh, for that, and it was just basically like. Me uh, handling two men much older than me, uh, like they were preschoolers, <laughs> basically wrangling them. Um, but yeah, so so who knows if he'll join or not? Um, he's you know he invited me on his show, and then I accepted the you know the invitation, and then he just kind of disappeared. So yeah, so yeah. Here. So let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins, your host as always. I am joined today by Jeet here, a uh, good friend and uh, writer for, uh, you're still doing the Substack and The Nation, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I'm a columnist at The Nation and I have a Substack. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so um, yeah. So the last time that uh, the Jeet and I, well, the second to last time that Jeet and I did a show together, because we did one on call in, kind of like a year in review one, uh, but the last time that we did one, off of Colin was on Jeet's show, and that was after uh, my report, uh, kind of you know documenting uh, the extent of Greenwald's obsequious tweets and kind of you know uh, kind of uh, kissing up to Fox News and to Tucker Carlson, and so we discussed that. Um, today we're kind of talking about Greenwald again, but in more of a more of kind of a general sense. Uh, really kind of based off of his advocacy in favor of this uh, Libs of TikTok account. That was kind of what what spurred us to do it this week. But we've been talking about doing it for a little while. Um, I think that it seems pretty clear, uh, you know, if you've been paying attention to uh, the way that Greenwald's online persona uh, has been manifesting lately that uh, that he has really kind of gone off the deep end into this kind of becoming this conservative social media influencer, conservative pundit. Uh, basically, you know, everything that he's doing at this point is in service of kind of furthering this right-wing culture war commentary that he's been doing, um, which, you know, is, is generally aimed at trans people, uh, at people of color, um, and and it tends to be pretty nasty. Um, and and you know he does most of this on Twitter. I think that he would probably try to argue that um, that Twitter is in real life, and that therefore you know he shouldn't really be held to account for that kind of stuff. But that is where most of his audience is. That's where most of his commentary is. Uh, so it's it's certainly within bounds of fairness to talk about this stuff and to to just kind of talk about generally uh, his. His, his, his general behavior and the way that he's kind of using his former work, his former journalistic work, as a way to launder uh, these right-wing talking points that, that, that he's been uh, pushing. Um, but again, I uh, think that his treatment of this Libs of TikTok – so if you're not familiar with this um, – there is this Twitter account called Libs of TikTok, and what it does is, you know, well, what it purports to do is to kind of show you the most ridiculous um, kind of like, quote-unquote, woke 
uh, you know, people on TikTok who are making videos. Uh, but what it's manifesting itself as is, you know, these these attacks on teachers and uh, other other people in uh, in the professional sector, but increasingly teachers who are you know providing um, uh, gay and trans students uh, with you know, the, like, like letting them know that they're being accepted or, or, you know, being open about, you know, their own, like the teachers being open about their own sexuality and, and you know, who they are, their identity uh, with the students. And this, this account uh, basically used that to target um, these, uh, these teachers and to try and get them fired. And uh, Taylor Lorenz, journalist for the Washington Post, uh, she... Uh, wrote a story about this and, uh, you know, revealed the, uh, the name of the person behind it. Um, you know, I mean, this stuff was all pretty public information, uh, but that, you know, inspired this meltdown on the right wing, including uh, from our, our right wing friend here, Glenn Greenwald, um, to the point, I mean, and he's kind of a, like, just a, like a little digression. He's kind of always had this weird, uh, obsessive kind of, uh, you know, treatment of uh, uh, Taylor Lorenz, and this was like no different. Just this long, long thread of just this just weird kind of obsessive attacks on her. Um, you know, like kind of like uh, idly daydreaming about the time that somebody would go and like harass her and her family. Um, and you know, it, it, it kind of went on from there. Uh, we had um, uh, just. Just these, you know, just I, th I think he'd had like one one thread when it first happened, then another thread, and then you know it came out that uh, Glenn's own kind of uh, mouth, as it were, kind of just you know just just immediately uh, revealed that uh, one of the people that they had gone to check out to see if this was you know the person or their family was in fact their family. So like, in as much as anybody was quote unquote doxxed, uh, Greenwald was certainly one of the people who did that. Um, which of course, like, made him extremely angry that that, that was pointed out. So, anyway, so you know, yeah, yeah. Is... I, I actually, I mean, uh, sort of a broader point on sort of Greenwald's whole career is that if you want to uh, keep your identity secret, uh, just stay the way away from Glenn Greenwald. Uh, I think that there's a number of people who have, like, you know, for a variety of reasons, uh, you know, uh, gotten into big trouble because uh, their uh, information about them was in the hands of Glenn Greenwald at some point. But anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Re reality winner is, is, is frequently brought up. Um, of course, he wasn't, <laughs> no. like, specifically involved in that story. No, so he did, though. No, but I mean, he was part of the chain of, you know, transmission of information, right, that, uh, that led to, the, the, you know, the real travesty of her being. Um, jailed. Uh, but in any case, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's a good summary. I, I'm a little bit um, unsure of what exactly the origins of his, the roots of his vendetta against um, uh, Lorenz is. I mean, like, I, I don't actually, uh, I haven't actually researched that. And I, I, I feel like uh, uh, there's probably some, so, um, something going on there that I, I don't, I don't quite understand. But it is oh, true gee, that he gets gee. very mad. Uh, good news, because I think I know exactly what it's about, um, which is that if you track the timeline here, uh, Greenwald's uh, tweets to Lorenz uh, up until around like January or February 2021, were I mean, there were only like one or two of them. They were pretty friendly. Um, 
And then uh, she kind of earned the ire of Mark Andreessen, uh, who's you know one of these billionaire tech investors who's you know deeply invested in Substack, uh, which is where Greenwald makes most of his money. And once uh, Andreessen got mad at uh, at Lorenz, uh, then immediately uh, Greenwald kind of flipped on a dime and has been attacking her ever since. I mean, I think that's the genesis of it. As far as you know, why there's this just like 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 huge obsession and and just you know just desire to be as abusive as possible. Um, you know, the, somebody who's maybe more familiar with uh, the ins and outs of Glenn Psyche can get into that. Um, I'm not really sure about that. Uh, but that, I mean, if you just look at the chronology, if you just look at the timeline, uh, that is what it's about. Or the, that appears yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that kind of, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I mean, a, a lot of this is like very um, mystifying, except in the sense of these kind of, you know, tribal loyalties or affinities that I really like unprincipled because I don't think there's any reason why, you know, Glenn Greenwald, um, uh, as a, you know, gay man should want to like align himself at, in any way with lives of TikTok, which is, you know, um, uh, blatantly homophobic and transphobic, uh, uh, site. I mean, like the, um, uh, I mean, to be explicitly clear, clear the lips of TikTok um, uh, 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 person that runs it, you know, did tweet out that like any uh, teacher that um, uh, comes out of the closet um, in, front, in front of children should be fired on the spot, which is like, uh, you know, like, a, I mean, which is essentially a call for a return to the closet. Um, uh, and uh, that's, um, you know, and then there's a lot of other uh uh, comments along that line. So I, I just don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, the only reason for an alliance, and, and I, I, I mean, there's a quote in the article where Greenwald refers to himself as the godfather of libs of TikTok. But the only reason to align it is, like, you know, some sort of um, feeling of uh, solidarity. Because I mean, if the other principle is, like, you're, you know, against sort of doxing and harassment well you know guess guess what lives of tiktok is all about <laughs> you know like um it, it's about you know taking uh, messages of support and solidarity the teachers make you know on behalf of their students uh for, for their uh for the sake of their students and putting up in uh a website that will allow you know uh far-right uh mobs to form and to be able to find out the names of people and to target them. And some of these people have been fired. I mean, like, it's just like, I just don't see how, you know, one can make a free speech argument while they have the right to do this or whatever, but like on a moral level, like this is, this is like just outrageous. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's something like anyone, anyone who believes that, you know, um, LGBTQ people, you know, have equal rights of citizenship should be like, you know, outraged by this, this account. Yeah. Well, it's very, I mean, it's very clear. Like this account was, uh, you know, uh, doing everything, but explicitly saying, find this person and get them fired. I mean, like they were, they, they were saying yeah. over and over again, this person should be fired. Uh, you know, who is this? Um, but yeah, it does, you know, it does speak to like, there's just a complete, uh, level of hypocrisy here, uh, on, on Greenwald's, 
uh, part to you know try and say that somehow it's out of bounds uh, to 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 reveal the identity of the person who is operating this. Yeah, yeah, and and this you know who like shortly before that had just appeared on Tucker Carlson. Like I know that obviously Greenwald, we can get into this as well, is obviously always going to defend Tucker and anyone who goes on Tucker's show for the simple reason that Tucker, uh, you know, will have him on the show and give him a nice pat on the head if he, if he does so. But, you know, the thing is that, um, that if, if you, if what you are saying is that it is inappropriate uh, to reveal people's identity on, on, online and to use, um, to use, you know, people's, you know, your, your clout and your power to do so, well, then, you know, like, like yes, like uh, Lorenz writes for the Washington Post. That is one of the largest papers in the country and the world. Um, and she has a large and robust social media following. Uh, the Libs of TikTok account has a larger social media following and has the backing of, you know, basically the entirety of conservative media, including, uh, you know, the, the aforementioned uh, Tucker Carlson show, which Glenn likes to say all the time when he's, when he's promoting it and trying to uh, – you know, make Tucker happy is, you know, one of the most popular or the most popular cable news program uh, in the country. So honestly, like you can't have it both ways. You can't say that one is okay and one is not. And I think that's the hypocrisy as far as this specifically goes that, that we're talking about, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just it's hypocrisy. And it's also just like, it makes no sense. I mean, if you have an account that has, I think it now has like 800,000 followers, like even like it's gained. Over 900,000 uh, now. Yeah, over 900,000 followers. And, but it's also like, you know, as Lorenzo's article makes clear, explicitly aligned with the political right, um, um, uh, with uh, possible right wing, you know, financial backers interested in promoting it, but also the, you know, press secretary of the governor of Florida, like praising the site, saying that she shares its mission. Uh, and, and, you know, like, it, the press secretary of a governor that is, you know, passing um, uh, anti-LGBTQ um, uh, rights um, acts, you know, the don't say gay, uh, gay bill. I, I just think, like, you know, like, you know, obviously that person is a community interest. Uh, and I'll maybe, like, draw a parallel. Like, so during the McCarthy era, there were people who published these kind of anonymous newsletters. That um, it so gave you the supposed dirt on communist uh, in the government and in civil society. They would they would uh, things like Red Channel. They would run lists of supposed communists, and these newsletters were anonymous. But they and they went out to prominent people in media and in the government and helped shape the blacklist. Now, would one say that you know if you found out who ran that anonymous newsletter and you wrote an article about it, you named that? Like, would that you consider that doxing or would you consider that like actually you're doing a public service, you know, like this is someone who has a a, a large public impact um, that is affecting many lives uh, and is working in the through uh, kind of um, uh, in the shadows and you're bringing it into the public. I, I think like an article. Uh, like that, if it had occurred in the McCarthy era, would be totally justified. And I think that this exactly parallels uh, um, this situation. Right, because what is happening uh, with, you know, what not only with this account, but with um, with with a lot of these guys, right? Like there's there's this there's this feeling of, you know, 
all all of their work um, is in service of uh, promoting this kind of targeted hate towards the LGBTQ community, specifically uh, the trans community. And these are the targets um, of their attacks. And over and over again, you hear this kind of like, and, and I'm, I, it's, it's hard to figure out like a better word other than muling to describe it, to describe the way that they're just saying like, oh, you know, oh, I never thought that like, that the stuff I was doing would have some kind of a bad image. Now here, I'm not talking about lips of TikTok. I'm talking about other people. But like, you know, this this idea that like, oh, I never thought that this would have this impact. I never thought that that you know that that they would possibly um, uh, you know turn turn my relentless agitation, for example, you know, against like uh, 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 children who are trans into actual policy. Even when that was like obviously always what was going to happen, right? This this account, this lives a TikTok account, is just like skipping the middleman. They're not even pretending. Uh, they're not. They're not even trying to have like that in between. Uh, pretend that they're not doing what they're doing. And what that means is that it's just an account that is simply spreading hate. And so yes, it's completely uh, within the bounds of journalism to look into who's behind this and who is promoting this and especially with you know we're just finding out too that like seth dylan the guy i think that's his name right from babylon b is mm. you know is is one of the people who's funding this um they you know they're making this llc in florida um you know again they have the backing of tucker carlson and glenn greenwald and a bunch of other right-wing figures um you know this isn't this isn't just some like you know uh innocent person with like you know uh, no followers and, and no influence who's doing this. This is very clearly part of a concerted right-wing attack on a uh, marginalized community, and it's being done um, for for reasons that go anywhere from, like, you know, pretty much, like, the, some of the darkest shit that you could imagine um, to just kind of opportunistic, uh, you know, p political opportunism uh, trying to get the base out for the midterms. But no matter what it is, uh, no matter what the reason is, for what they're doing, uh, the fact is that the consequences and the ramifications of of what these people uh, are doing um, is 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 having real real consequence on the lives of 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 innocent people and their families. And to somehow say that it's then out of bounds to 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 look into exposing who's behind this. When it's having you know these these real world ramifications on legislation, and on the way that people are being uh, treated by the state and, and and by institutions, is just not it's just not credible. Like there's just no argument to it that that makes sense that that doesn't. I mean even if even taking outside t taking the hypocrisy away, um, there's just it just doesn't make any sense unless you look at it, I think unless you look at it as strictly an example of of partisan politics, which I think is what this is. Yeah, no, no, I know. I, 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 well, I mean, I think that's right, uh, basically. I mean, I think um, uh, on a larger, um, I, I mean, in terms of like Greenwald's like larger like trajectory, like I do think there's um, uh, a really sort of deep seated hatred 
for the Democrats and mainstream liberals, um, which has some justification. I mean, I think you can point to like legitimate uh, hypocrisies on their part or failings on their part. Um, but I mean, it has basically led him to a situation where he's concluded, you know, like the, um, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And that, 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 you know, the, the one way that you can uh, counter the Democrats and mainstream liberals is with an alliance um, uh, with the far right. I, I think that's the kind of undergirding um, uh, emotion, but also the fact that, you know, that he's kind of found that this is like the one audience that he can have, that there is something marketable about being, you know, a journalist of some achievement, a Pulitzer Prize winner, someone who has like you know had has written major stories, um, has been seen as part of the left, but is willing to coddle or you know agree with uh, uh, people on the right. I mean, I think uh, ironically, it's Christopher Hitchens who maybe had the best analysis of this, where he said, you know, like the contrarian is a is a perennial grift because you know, like if you say. Uh, as a socialist, I say bomb the hell out of them. Uh, people will uh, give you money. You know, if you say as a socialist, I say let's not bomb the hell out of them. Nobody wants to hear that. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, the irony, of course, is that Hitchens himself, in the last ten years of his life, uh, made um, ample profit from that 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 same grift. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard uh, Greenwald and, and and Hitchens compared to one another, and I think to like an extent it's true in that um, uh, they're both uh, pretty cowardly in 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 the targets that they uh, attack and 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 select, um, and 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 they both like taken this uh, far right turn, and they both supported the war in Iraq back in uh, two thousand and three as well. So <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. so they certainly have that in common. Um, so. Uh, you know, I, I I do want to just kind of um, talk a little bit about his his prior journalism, in so much as I think that you're right that he uses it as a way of kind of like laundering right wing talk. Like he uses the fact that he was a journalist in order to kind of give. Uh, people like Carlson, people like this Libs of TikTok account, like, you know, like Michael Tracy, like these other kind of, you know, right-wing online people, uh, you know, this this kind of sheen of respectability. Um, and he certainly deploys that. Uh, but I think that what we've seen over the past, certainly like over the past uh, two years, year and a half maybe 18 months that seems to be that seems to be a, a, a timeline that works um what we've seen is that uh greenwald's reputation has pretty much just gone to hell at this point um and and in that in that you know calling him a social media conservative influencer is about the nicest thing that you can say about him like he doesn't do any journalism he doesn't do any reporting all he does he gets on twitter he yells about right-wing culture war stuff uh, he bangs out uh, a Substack about it, makes you know, uh, uh, puts together maybe a Rumble video, uh, you know, uh, does a show on here on Colin as well. Um, but it's always just about this like uh, right wing culture war crap. Like not, none of it is actually about any journalism. Uh, anything that he actually reports on is just is you know just blogging, which is fine. Like I like I blog as well, but um, but I don't try and pretend that it's anything more than it is. Uh, and. But I'm just curious, like, I, like it doesn't seem to me like his reputation will ever be able to uh, recover to the point that, you know, he's never 
he's he's in the past he's been able to kind of flip from uh you know uh, being kind of like gadfly agitator uh to journalist and back again being like opinion blogger going to like reporter uh back and forth back and forth uh, but i'm not sure that he's ever really going to be able to go back to that um and i think there are a couple reasons for that uh in, including the fact that i don't i don't know that any sources are going to want to go to him uh at this point especially uh, you know, was with what's happened to other sources that he's had, the fact that he like was willing to leak DMs from Chelsea Manning recently because uh, he got he got upset with her uh, for for something that she said, so he just revealed their private communications. Um, it's just like this kind of like he, he's just done everything possible it seems to uh, discredit himself. And I'm curious if you think that there is any kind of way back that he could kind of come back to being a journalist if he's even interested in that at this point which i'm not really sure that he is yeah i know i don't think that he i mean i don't think he shows a lot of interest in doing journalism I mean, it's always possible i mean he's always uh you know um uh uh i mean in the past he's had very good sources that have come to him and uh yeah uh, but i mean i i just think uh, I think it's unlikely. I, mean, I wouldn't rule anything out. Uh, and you're you're right. I think in saying that he has shifted in these roles. I mean, but I also think, like politically, he's shifted in the sense that he's pretty, you know, gone in for the the far right. Um, I mean, I think his his uh, he'll always trade off his former reputation. But I mean, I think. Um, yeah, I just, I just I don't know. It's hard for me to for me to imagine for the reasons you outlined, like. Uh, a return to the kind of journalism he used to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it it, it does seem like in in part. I mean, it, part of it seems to be that that he just got uh, that that his perception of what identity politics are and his hostility to trans people, uh, which um, I think I think was probably like most kind of clearly most most clear probably in in his appearance i think i can't remember if he was on her podcast or the, or the other way around but uh with katie herzog where he was like whining about the fact that uh that there you know essentially saying that there weren't enough civil rights to go around um and so like trans people had to get to the back of the line or or, or weren't allowed to like jump the line or something like that it was very it's a very strange kind of like hit but um yeah. but it definitely felt to me like and, and if you look at everything else that he's done since then uh, feels like that is, you know, an expression of his of his beliefs on that point. Um, and you know, you were saying when when we were chatting leading up to this uh, to this show that that you that you wanted to kind of tie his work and and what he's doing right now uh, to the larger right wing movement. And uh, can you kind of explain what you're talking about there? Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I think some of it we've already mentioned, which is you know, I think. That these kind of um, uh, culture war stuff. I mean, the reason he's talking about it is that this is what the right is talking about. They have kind of made it this big thing, and they've made especially anti-trans issues uh, a very big thing. And I think he's valuable to the right not only as you know a journalist who's like um, uh, you know had been seen as radical and not affiliated with the, the right at all, and um, uh, he is. Uh, become uh um but i mean i i so so i think that um uh but also because you know like that he's gay so if you can get like a gay figure you know who is like um speaks on these issues that's very valuable for fox news 
uh, in the same way that, you know, they would get um, Herman Cain or whoever to speak on uh, uh, black issues, right? Like he, he can, uh, again, be a kind of shield to protect them from accusations of bigotry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think like he, he just uh, shares all this. And I think he shares a, a lot of the attitudes in a very visceral way like i think a lot of his politics are basically old guy politics like you know these kids today with their pronouns and like you know like uh and and it's a sad fact that a lot of people you know who are like liberals or even leftists as they get older you know like you know uh it becomes tiring for them to keep up with social change and they kind of get frozen in certain attitudes and i think that um the 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 organic part of all this is, I think that he he does share a, a kind of visceral uh, anger, at, you know, at a, you know uh, the, um, uh, the the normalization of gender fluidity, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I just think so. So I mean, I think he is he is part of this movement, and not just like opportunistically taking advantage of it. Right. I do think that he's a true believer on some of this stuff. And I think the old guy politics is actually a really good way to put it. I mean, this, you know, that, like it, it, it is just the way that uh, the way that things go uh, uh, as as people get older, um, for the most part, they will tend to get more conservative, especially as you know, the world kind of starts to pass them by and, and, uh, and, you know, like we, you know, we don't only see this uh, with Glenn, we see this with, Matt Taibbi, we see this with, you know, and, and I, I want to stress here that uh, I have my issues with Taibbi's politics, but I don't think that they're quite as uh, um, hateful in the same way, certainly. Uh, as, yeah, as no, I mean, what happened to this, uh, a broader kind of discussion? I mean, I think it's just the case that um, the sort of the Trump era um, sort of upheavals and the sort of emergence of new social movements um you know like they kind of uh, uh they were a challenge not just to the right but also a challenge to a lot of older liberals and leftists and you know like it has uh, created a reaction you know like, i mean sort of classic historical terms this is you know the the uh, thermidorian reaction right this is what happens after you have a revolution that uh, uh some people who are part of the revolution start thinking it's going too far uh and uh, and and we consolidate elite control i mean I in that sense, I think um, uh, there's, you know, a broader linkage between Greenwald, Taibbi, um, and also even people who, you know, someone who doesn't go in for the anti-trans stuff at all, but like Matt Iglesias, right? And and, and that sort of uh, uh, politics of people who feel like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, defend the police were like, you know, a step too far. So, so, so I, I do think that um, in some ways, I mean, I think the Biden era has seen it, um, a consolidation of this kind of reactionary front. Uh, and I think it's important to understand that, you know, um, even though they're exploiting the uh, the right and sometimes aligning with the right, um, it's really coming out of people from a kind of liberal, left, anti-establishment background who, who just like cannot, are, are just uncomfortable uh uh where where um uh with the new wave of um um uh insurgent politics right which which happened to them uh when they were coming up and 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 will happen to uh you know who, who whoever comes up after this uh you know I, I an interesting little note here uh is that the 
you know, the, the way that all these guys talked about COVID and vaccines and lockdowns um, began to shift uh, in, you know, late May, early June 2020, uh, when there were protests in the streets because of the George Floyd murder. And it is interesting that that was the moment that they decided it was too much. You know, like they like like that that was what they decided was like the hypocrisy was just too much on that one. And so it needed to be uh, needed to be called out. And that was kind of the beginning, I think, of uh, of kind of part of this. This kind of like like the more modern expression of this anti quote unquote woke, but it's just really like anti uh, like the modern left uh, response from 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 Greenwald and. And other people who are like him, uh, you know, like like Taibbi, uh, like uh, like Tracy, like uh, like even like Max Blumenthal a little bit, although he's more of kind of just like anti-vax wacko. But but you know, but there there, there is this kind of like resistance to uh, these uh, public health measures, which are seen as kind of liberal paternalism. And then it's just, but it, I, the reason that I bring that up is that, like you're saying, like it, it's all part of this same swirling thing. Uh, where there's this, you know, reaction against what's seen as liberalism and the left uh, that is coming from, you know, these older uh, figures who who once had this cachet on the left and no longer do now, and so <laughs> they're, you know, they're they're kind of lashing out, and you know, it, it's certainly in Greenwald's case, I think to an extent the other guys in different ways, but in Greenwald's case, certainly taking advantage of that and just gone all in on just, you know, being like, you know, like a like a, a right wing Twitter figure. Like, like that. Yeah, yeah, like, no, no. I, I, I think that's. Yeah, yeah, no. I, th- I think that's. Uh, yeah, no. I, th- I, th- I think that's basically right. I mean, I think they, they've found that the, um, the audience that they can have, you know, if they're giving expression to this resentment, is one on the right. And then there's a kind of natural, um, like, well, if I agree with the right on, you know like this, this and this, you know, maybe they're also not wrong about that, you know, like, uh, I, I mean, I, I think we, we see patterns like this often in, um, uh, in history in terms of like periods of upheaval, like in the 60s, uh, you know, the rise of the new left made a lot of older liberals into neoconservatives, right? Um, and in some ways, uh, in the 1930s as well, the sort of the rise of the New Deal made older uh, liberals like Al Smith um, uh, and Felix Morley uh, uh, take a sort of hard libertarian turn and, and become basically Republicans. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a common enough pattern and uh uh i i think that i mean like greenwald is a little bit interesting because he's always been a bit of an outlier like i think he's always he's always had this attitude uh, and it's not without justice that you know the democrats are fake they're they're just like uh uh a sleazy party of opportunist whereas the republicans are real right like if you read his earliest writings you know like in the iraq war there's a kind of even after he turns against the iraq war there's a kind of visceral um uh, affection for Bush and Cheney as well. At least these guys are honest, right? Um, so I, I think it's always it's for him in particular. I think this shift has has come very easily. Yeah, and to be clear, like I find that um, I'm I'm quite sympathetic to that. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, don't, I like I said, I, I don't think it's without justice. I mean, I just want to like recognize the 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 source of that. Right. I think that I think that where the difference comes is that like like. I understand the um, uh, the disgust with the, with the Democrats and with kind of like U.S. liberalism, especially how it's manifested itself like over 
over the last two decades, especially um, as far as like war on terror and stuff like that goes. Uh, where where I disagree is thinking that you know somehow that means that uh, that the right wing is correct. Like my problem with what they're doing is that they are doing things that the right wing is doing, but they're putting you know this kind of like quote unquote progressive sheen over it. At this point, it just seems like Greenwald uh, just agrees with the right wing. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's, like, it's just completely reactionary at this point. Like there's no uh, there's really no like thought behind it. It's just it's just an attack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think where he might like get some of this is I mean, it's a basic an anti-systems attitude. Like he thinks he's very you know attracted for, for good reason to like any what the sort of critiques of the system. And he sees the system as being corrupt. I mean, I think I think the mistake is, though, thinking that like either tucker carlson or you know libs of tiktok i mean my god these are all backed by very uh mainstream republicans if if they use like anti i mean they're using anti-establishment sentiment to say well teachers are pedophiles or whatever who are grooming your kids and that's just not uh uh i mean it just it's to me it's just frankly nuts to think that there's like anything good that can come out of that you know like uh uh but in, in any case i think uh yeah i i i i mean that's my that's my sort of broad take on it that he i mean i think he he wants an anti-systems politics and uh he uh but he does he's very uncomfortable with the the you know existing left um and and there and that leaves the anti-systems politics of the right and i think that it's not i mean i mean on top of everything else i mean i think a big problem is it's not an anti-systems politics at all i mean like something like tucker carlson or libs of tiktok it's backed by plutocrats who want to get the republican party back in power and want to reinforce traditional gender norms and also um uh you know like uh, entrenched plutocracy, and so I don't, I don't see anything anti-systems about that in any way. I mean, the only anti-system thing is a rhetorical thing. Well, they're they're insulting Democrats, you know. <laughs> so I mean, I don't think that's that's enough. That's not a basis for our politics. Yeah, purely surface level. Um, so we have a, we have a, we have a bunch of callers here. I'm going to start uh, taking them. So, uh, guys, uh, I would just ask that. Uh, just uh, keep your comment and question to 60 seconds. So, uh, Arjun, we're going to take you first. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me on. A uh, big fan of both of your works. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask both of you guys is, so for me, I've also long followed Greenwald's career. I actually, you know, started back in 2012 when he was writing during Occupy and the Obama administration. But, you know, one thing I just, really find interesting about him is that my understanding, and I don't necessarily mean this in a derogatory way, but he was always a cable news pundit and polemicist was my understanding. Even when I was a fan of his in 2012, the Snowden leaks were kind of a fortuitous, Hey, Snowden likes your writing. I'll give it to you. But you know, he did that in partnership with major media organizations And it's just interesting to me that now he fashions himself as this iconoclastic journalist. He's always challenging people to say, compare your journalism to mine. I'm a real journalist. You're not. And I just kind of get the sense with him that everything comes down to something personal. And this vendetta that has evolved into the broader left seems to have just started once MSNBC and CNN stopped inviting him to their show. And he decided... Okay, the liberal cable news sphere 
doesn't want me on their shows anymore. I've been talking too much about Trump Russia. And, and I'm putting aside whatever the grievances are and the substance of that. But it just seemed that that was the decision. And he's almost openly said this on Twitter. I used to be invited all the time. I'm not invited anymore. And he just flipped and said, now I hate the left. Now I hate liberals. And he's concocted all these reasons to fit into that. But even back a year ago, when he talked a lot about transphobic arguments and really pushing stuff that Jesse Single and Katie Herzog in particular were saying, he was accusing people of getting to live their lives as a woman happily married to a man. And they, quote unquote, put on their LGBTQ hat recently, unlike him. And everything had this, unlike me, unlike what I did, unlike me, this sort of like me against them. So I'm just curious what you guys think. I mean, for his whole career, I really think he has been a cable news pundit at his core. This is just a different iteration of that. I've kind sure, of been sure. bothered so, with the so, way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I have uh, I I have been doing um, a little bit of 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 work around this um, here and there. And uh, it, it, it I mean, it, like like I will say, uh, you know, a Greenwald does a lot of writing um and so there's there's a lot of content out there um but i can i can say uh that generally if you look at the way that he was talking about msnbc specifically about rachel maddow uh when they were having her or having him on um in uh you know when he was a writer for salon um it was almost uniformly positive when talking about the specific hosts uh, you know, he he was still critical of MSNBC and CNN far more than Fox um, at the time. Uh, it did make sense because, uh, you know, Obama was in office and I get it like, you know, Fox was just kind of like uh, just this reactionary uh, 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 network. And so I understand that. But um, and, and so I'm not so I'm not like specifically faulting him for for not going after Fox at that time. Uh, but I will say that. You know, the way that he was writing about, you know, specifically Chris Hayes, Lawrence O'Donnell, uh, Rachel Maddow, all this stuff is in Salon's archives, was like extremely positive. And the reason for that is really simple, is because they were having him uh, on air. Yeah, no, I don't think we can underestimate the degree of motivated re- reasoning uh, that he uh, is capable of. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, elements of sort of personal spite or personal re- uh, um, reaction. But, I mean, I think in some ways, but, I mean, I, I mean, it's all, like, intertwined, right? Like, it's, like, it's both a career path and it's, you know, driven by sort of uh, emotions and feelings uh, and visceral reactions. Uh, I mean, if they did have kept them on, maybe, yeah, maybe he w- uh, wouldn't have gone off the deep end to this degree. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard to know. All right, uh, Chris, we'll take you. Uh, just try and keep it to around 60 seconds. Okay, um, I agree with pretty much everything you said, and I think that the work that Taylor Lorenz and the Post did on this is valuable and important, but I also kind of wonder, like, is, is this a messaging loss? Like, are we are, are we losing something by this, even though we're doing good work? And if so, how do we how do we fix that? Because it, it seems like the account's growing. It seems like they're getting a wider platform. And I mean, I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been done, but I don't know. I, I mean, how, how do we kind of correct this going forward? You see what I'm getting at or? 
Yeah. 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 No, no, I think that's a, I think it's a good point. I mean, I, I think it, there's a danger, you know, in get, getting something more attention. But I think once you get like 600,000 and now nine, you know, um, followers and the, um, uh, you know, uh, government officials uh, being influenced by it, it, it's hard to ignore. And I think I think the more broader point is outside of the article. I mean, I think it's Taylor Lorenz's job to be the you know bulwark against uh, uh, anti-trans sentiment and anti-gay sentiment. I mean, I think that's the the job of uh, you know uh, political activists and honestly the Democratic Party. And I think one of the striking things is that the Democratic Party has totally like you know decided they're not going to contest this stuff, right? As you know, like you basically have Republicans, you know, officials basically saying, you know, Democrats are all a bunch of pedophiles and like Democrats are like, you know, let's talk about tax cuts or whatever. Let's talk about, uh, uh, so, I mean, I think, I think that's the real issue. I, I mean, I think it's notable that like when Democrat, some like, state level Democrats do stand up for this and give speeches that are very powerful. Like those like immediately go through the airwaves. And I, I'll just say like, if you just look at the polling, like this should be a huge mistake on the part of the Republicans because public sentiment is not like where it was on gay and trans issues like 10 or 15 years ago. I mean, there's broad support for um, uh, uh, LGBTQ rights. Uh, and uh, especially like this whole attempt to like, bring back the closet i mean like it's just it's nuts to like do that in a period of like you know 60 70 percent support for marriage equality i think um but i mean the democrats being who they are like are just like you know like uh um have decided not to fight us and i think that i think that's the problem yeah i think i think i i agree i think as well that i mean first of all uh it, it is true that, uh, you know, this, this account had like 600,000 followers and now it has 900,000 followers and that's just happened in like three days. Like I understand the, the, the impulse to think that like maybe there was a way we could just kind of ignore, ignore this woman away and ignore what she's doing away. But unfortunately, uh, that's just not uh, the way that it is. Obviously is. Uh, influencing public policy, as Jeet said. So it, it does feel like uh, things have kind of, uh, like like the, like the opportunity to do this kind of ignore this person into oblivion is just not there anymore. And so uh, it, it really just needs to, uh, you know, be directly addressed. And I think that um, I, I found this tweet from at uh, uh, G-E-D-O-U-G-E-E-N. I don't really know how to uh, pronounce that, but... Uh, basically saying that um, uh, the account has quote been knocked off messages and been knocked off message and forced to debate about social media ethics instead of calling teachers pedophiles and so that uh, and and uh, no longer quoting but like the idea here is that that shows the success of going on offense because if you can get these people to go on defense they no longer are able to just keep spewing the hate that they're spewing and I would say too that like. Uh, an account like this, uh, which has influence over uh, lawmakers and conservative media figures, um, you know, whether or not you and I or, you know, any, anybody who's listening to this, uh, because I, I imagine that most of us uh, would agree that what this account is doing is reprehensible, uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, we're not the target audience. We actually don't really matter. They don't care. Uh, this is specifically targeted towards uh, the extreme right of the uh, GOP coalition, one. 
and the lawmakers, uh, the GOP lawmakers who are going to uh, listen to them and do things. And also, I think as well, uh, going from what G said about like how the Democrats aren't doing anything about this uh, or aren't doing enough, certainly, is that um, it, like this account and, and the kind of like the social media bullying that it does also kind of acts to kind of silence uh, Democratic opposition because uh, like Democrats are just usually, you know, a pretty uh, cowardly and like not really willing to stand up for anything. And so uh, if, if you are if you present them with like, hey, look, look at all of these people who who are angry about this and, and you know, uh, like a, a, a agree that we should be. Uh, you know, f- uh, firing these teachers, et cetera, like they're going to go along with that. Or they're, or they're at least not going to like rock the boat on it too much. So I think it's kind of like, it's, 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 it's a bunch of different stuff all kind of uh, together. Um, so now we're going to take uh, TJ's call. TJ, go ahead. Oh, you're all hey, good morning. Good afternoon to you both. Thank you. Thank you. So quick question, I, and don't take this the wrong way, but it seems to be, I mean, most of the show has been about Glenn Greenwald's character. Do you guys have any arguments against the content of his journalism? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean the that's whole that's the fundamental question. We can talk about Glenn and where he's been, and well, what journalism? If he's left enough, what, or... what journalism? What's what's the last story that he reported? Well, the one yesterday on on the connection between the surveillance state and big tech. Have you guys read that one? Because this show might be in response to that. I'm not sure, but it seems to me. I mean, of course, Glenn is traditionally you know, on the left, right? He's been a progressive. I think part of the problem with the, now the new left position on Glenn is Glenn hasn't followed them and they're going far left enough. And I don't think Glenn's moved. I don't think any of his positions moved. It's just the party's moved. Right. So of course, you if Glenn's you, not no longer in agreement with the party, you don't think, of course, you don't, think you don't think that his positions have moved. I, I don't think so. I think he's reporting. I mean, it, it, his main responsibility as a, as a journalist, you guys call him now a social media influencer, right? Which, I mean, but he's really at the end of the day, he's a journalist. He researches topics and he writes about them. Okay, what what part what of topics, his responsibility? What research and write about. So, you, so you have this one example of this uh, open letter from uh, April eighteenth that he reported on on April twentieth. Okay, so that's an open letter that came out on April eighteenth. What like what else? What's, what's, what what's, else? What's, what's another example of a story that he's done? Well, he broke the Snowden files. That's a pretty big one. That's another yeah, state so, okay, surveillance so, 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 so let's, issue, let's, right? Let's, let's, let's try it. Let's try it. Like, how about this? How about in uh, the last six months? Another story other than this one. My, my question to you, though. No, no, is, no, 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 no. You said, why aren't we talking about his journalism? Tell me another one. Yeah, I, I, can't, I honestly can't think of. I mean, like uh, the characterization that was made was that he's like a blogger. He comments on stuff. He comments. Uh, and if he was doing journalism, I'd be happy to talk about it. I mean, I just you, you mentioned, you know, like the big journalistic story uh, of that's like a, a decade ago. So I, I just well, if you want to make the argument that he's no longer a journalist because he left the Intercept and started writing on Substack no, 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 and no, on I his think, own think, terms, no, and fine. No, we've, we've, no, no, we've, no, no, no. The argument, like no, there's lots of people on Substack. There are people on Substack who do journalism. Uh, I mentioned Ross Barkin. He's on Substack. Uh, he also writes for the Nation, but on Substack, like he goes out, he interviews people he breaks news stories he's do, he's doing journalism i i just don't see what greenwald is doing as journalism it's, it's just uh it's a you know commentary that i think social media influencer is a very kind uh, and generous way to uh describe greenwald well look if, if glenwald's going to make the correlation and he's been doing this for a big part of his career his specialty is covering surveillance state issues big tech is tied to that 
So if he uncovers more information about how big technology, in other words, private industry is supported by state actors, that's true journalism. If he's preventing facts, figures, and references to that, and people are learning out about that, then obviously he's going to become a target, right? And so it's really easy to, to attack him as a character, right? Whether he's an influencer or a blogger or journalist, whatever, those are character attacks. I'm talking about the content of his messaging. And obviously yeah, no, the no, evidence no, no, no. that he presents, so, 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 the evidence so, that he presents that, so, that big so, tech so is connected to state. I think, I think the thing is that um, we are talking about the content of his character because that is uh, what he has made his entire uh, personality about now. And, and like, you know, again, I don't really think that reporting on a two day old open letter is like an example of some like incredible journalism and not just blogging. Yeah, I want to add something else to yeah. that, which is that, like, okay, so, you know, like, I think the surveillance and big tech, that's a huge kind of issue. And, uh, you know, someone who's, like, very involved in the heat of all this is Peter Thiel. Um, and I, I would, I trying to remember if Greenwald has ever written any sort of criticism of Thiel, you know, who, whose companies are heavily involved with, you know, like developing surveillance technology. I just, uh, does anything come to mind? Like, I'm trying to think. What's interesting is I have actually looked at this and he used to, he used to say things pretty critical of Thiel, um, yeah. especially to use him as an example of kind of how the censorious power of big tech, uh, you know, using mm-hmm. it uh, like as far as Gawker went, but for some reason, and I can't really quite figure out why, uh, he has not done this for a really long time. He just stopped. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that, that, that so let, so that is something a concrete thing about his journalism, which is that if he's like this is his area of specialty, and Peter Thiel is one of the is a huge kind of big important figure in this troubling alliance uh, between surveillance and uh, and big tech, and uh, you know, like his decision to like not talk about Peter Thiel anymore, that that's a real problem with his journalism. I, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to take Maneeb now. Maneeb. Hi, I'm a big fan of both of you guys. Uh, to, um, furthermore, the current argument you're making, I see all this, so this with uh, lately his interaction with Prozinus, uh, Bari Rice, and Bakia, I can't pronounce her name, who recently wrote that anti-union piece in that he, when people um, criticize him for um making positive uh positively um critiquing these people he says oh i don't judge people um uh, i don't call people bad people but it seems like he only does it now uh when it's convenient for him he doesn't care about people's uh background or like their previous positions especially um like when it comes to cancel culture so i just wanted to point out that like even when it comes to the Palestinian-Israel issue, he has um, not been as vocal as he was in the past when it comes to uh, fellow sub-stackers. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's right. I mean, uh, you know, he he had this uh, article uh, for, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about here, uh, Baya Ungar Sargon, uh, who who is uh, pretty right wing. Um, uh, anti-Palestinian uh, writer. Uh, she wrote an article for Greenwald uh, for his um, uh, Outside Voices, I think, blog, 
about how, uh, despite the fact that um, unions are having like you know like this this record breaking moment or or you know just like like very highly thought of, um, there's always this possibility that um, things are a little too woke. And obviously, you know, gave like like zero evidence, uh, but you know, uh, Glenn published it, called it you know well well researched and well reported, um, and yeah, but but he 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 has said nothing about you know really about her her views on this stuff or Barry Weiss's. Um, he has said a couple things about Fox over like the last two years. I think those are the only two critical things I could find that he has posted about Fox uh, since becoming a regular on there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you can draw your own conclusions about that, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right. I mean, I think, again, the Hitchens analogy uh, – comes to the fore. I mean, I don't think he ever uh, renounced uh, his um, support for the Palestinians, but it's very noticeable that after 9-11, you know, uh, he broke friendships with Edward Said, who he had collaborated with on a, uh, editing a book together, and he just generally felt silent about the Palestinian issue in the last 10 years of his life. I mean, uh, and this is a period where, you know, it had lost none of its salience, where there was an intifada going on, but I mean, he just you know, decided that was not something he it was in his interest to speak on. And I think largely because, you know, most of the people he was then aligned with um, were on the other side. And he just, uh, discretion was the better part of valor. Uh, and I, I, I feel like this perhaps is the same pattern here. Yeah, it's funny because one of the, one, one of the more uh, regularly cited, uh, pieces showing uh, what a hypocrite Barry Weiss is, uh, was written by Greenwald. Now they're buddies, of course, because, uh, well, because she's a social conservative, and so is he. All right, uh, Pierre, we're going to take your call now. Pierre, you're all set to go. Thanks. Um, so this isn't necessarily unique to Greenwald in political commentary, but it seems to be revealing about where his real political sympathy, sympathies lie, even though he doesn't say it outright. Um, he'll bring up some perceived or objectively bad or unwise bad behavior by a liberal or leftist or whatever he calls a soft leftist, which is something I've never heard of before. And then he'll draw broad conclusions and pathologies about that whole political grouping as a whole, including, you know, everyone on the left or uh, someone who's liberal is an authoritarian. But then if there's someone on the right who does uh, something similar in um, whether it's censorship or some other kind of bad behavior, um, he'll either ignore completely or only very gently criticize that individual person in a very muted way uh, without drawing any broad conclusions about conservatives as a whole. So and then if you call him out on that inconsistency, then he'll just say, oh, you're a DNC hack or say you're just, you know, some kind of um, uh, towing the lie of some ideology. And as a contrast, um, you know, people like him are independent minded, independent thinkers. So only some people can be independent thinkers, but not if you disagree with him. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I mean, you know, it it, it tends to be the way that uh, that I think that he addresses criticism is to kind of deflect, uh, lie, and then kind of move on, or you know, like like any one of those, or all, all at once, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. So, uh, Jerry, we're going to take you. One sec here. There you go. Oh, hi. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Um, 
Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, you mentioned everything seems very personal with Glenn Greenwald. And, you know, with the kind of things he said about trans issues, I wonder how much of that is just because he happens to be friends with Katie Herzog, like personal friends, and he's sort of retroactively creating justifications for what he says because he, you know, wants to be able to support his friend. And at the same time, you know, his defense of libs of TikTok, I wonder how much of that is just because he, like, already disliked Taylor Lorenz and, you know, had a run-in with her online. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good question. Um, and I guess that that is really, I mean, that is the question, right? Like, like is this... Um, is this because he's a, a true believer in this stuff? Is it just because um, his his friends are are involved with uh, with this with this hate movement, um, or or is it something different? I think that I, I I do think that his issue with the with the lives of TikTok thing, the fact that he was calling himself uh, the godfather of of the account uh, in the past uh, certainly certainly shows that he was. Um, involved with it uh, before that, and so I think that that is 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 worth noting. Uh, uh, G, what, what what's your yeah? I think that he. I mean, I I I mean, I, I think we've gone over this. It's hard to disentangle the personal animus and you know tribal loyalties from you know what he actually believes. But I, I will say that you know there is a an element of the sort of I think especially older. Um, gay men and lesbians uh, who are uncomfortable with some aspects of, of trans, of um, uh, trans culture. Uh, and uh, that's a long-standing thing. I mean, there, there's a reason why the word turf exists, right? <laughs> you know, like, it, it's, it's actual origins are, you know, referring uh, uh, to people who are coming out of the kind of, like, left and were uneasy with, you know, um, that uh, uh, uh trans people and so i mean i, I don't know i i don't i don't and once he's also in someone like andrew sullivan and i think it is this basic idea that you know rights are like it's a pie there's only so much pie to go around and if we give more pie to this new group there's less for us right like i just think it's as, almost as simple as that right like i think anyone who has children knows that you know like the whole process of divvying up things is hard because they're very jealous little creatures and if they see someone getting more than them they get mad right and so i i, I think on some level like if you look at his comments on trans issues like there's this element of um a very specific uh, thing of like, you know, if they get more, I'll have less. Right, for sure. Uh, Naval, we're going to take your call now because uh, we are we are a little over time, but that's okay. We, uh, we got a couple of callers here. We're just trying, trying to keep them pretty quick. Thanks. Go ahead. Yeah, one thing that I uh, noticed about Glenn is um, he's just rarely, are we sure that he's even a leftist or has any left leanings? Um, for example, uh, when the whole Amazon union thing went down and um, they voted to unionize, he literally did not talk about ALU, Chris Smalls, or any anything involving workers until um, Chris Smalls went on Tucker Carlson and a whole issue got brought up. He seems like he just looks on Twitter and tries to find culture warrior things to talk about and then talks about them. But I've been following his career for a long time, and it, for me, it seems like... He's never been really a leftist, just a, like a civil libertarian that's a civil libertarian whenever it 
you know, suits him. So I don't really, I don't really think that calling him a leftist is, um, does a, is a, is a disservice to leftist ideals because he doesn't really talk about any, you know, economic populism on the left. He doesn't talk about any of that stuff. And he's, he really never has unless it's to bash the left for not supporting those ideals because they, he thinks they're being hypocrites. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's, I think yeah, no, that's, I agree with that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've been very careful not to refer to him as a leftist or, or a progressive for, uh, for at least a very long time now. Um, uh, and, and I think that, I think that during this conversation, we've been very careful, uh, not to even really ascribe much ideology to him other than just being, you know, other than the fact that he's just a conservative, right? Yeah, no, no, I think he's, uh, I mean, clearly now he's a conservative. I, I, I think if there is an ideology or underlying thing, it is a broader sort of anti-systems politics, uh, but it's become so compromised and selective because he's decided that the, the energy and support that he needs is coming from the Fox News world, so that it's it's, a, it's become a very selective anti-systems politics, where the only system that you're opposing is the you know Democratic Party and liberal mainstream, which I want to underscore, like totally worth opposing, right? But like if if you think that that's the only you know bastion of uh, bad politics or of censorship or uh, of uh, threats to civil liberties in America, like you're just you're just not you're wrong right like i just think uh uh so so he's become a very select i mean i think if i were to characterize him is that he's always had anti-system politics which is you know made it possible to align with different people across the spectrum but it's not become so selective that you know one has to just say he's he's a standard conservative he's, he's ben shapiro he's tucker carlson there's like uh thousands of these guys you know every uh radio market in america has at least one or two of these guys on the radio so it's just it's very common absolutely so we got three more callers here we're just going to go through you guys really quick uh michael you are next uh, okay. Hey. Um, so there's two things I wanted to point out. The first, I, I've tried to look into it and I think the last time I've seen Glenn actually directly criticize Tucker Carlson by name uh, on Twitter was, I think it was March 2019 when those uh, love sponge clips were coming out and he framed it, of course, in a way where it was like, oh, well, if, if Tucker gives a, an apology, then we can move on. Of course, Tucker did not actually apologize and Glenn just pretended to, to never uh, give a shit about Tucker Carlson calling Iraqis semi-literate monkeys. Um, the other thing, I, I noticed that the previous caller had mentioned, like how Glenn really cares about, you know, the surveillance state and its connections to social media and collaboration with the state. And it's very, very odd that Glenn is not critical of the fact that the libs of TikTok account was collaborating with the press secretary of one of the biggest states in the country. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a convenient omission, right? Yeah, no, no. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand how this um, civil libertarian concern with the surveillance state is uh, goes along with everything else, with all his other political alliances. It just it makes no sense. All right, uh, we're going to move to uh, Jonathan. John, uh, you're going to have uh, last call here. Mr. Katz. Hey, hey, can you hear me? Yep, you're all good. Go ahead. Hey, great. 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. The, <laughs> the thing that I keep, uh, first of all, great to hear from you guys and talk to you guys. Um, it's the, the thing that I always come back to with, with Glenn Greenwald is like, why, why do I give a shit? Like, why, why, why does this man take up so much of the oxygen and so much of the brain space in people who, um, like you guys, who, <laughs> and me, who could spend our time doing much more valuable things than, than thinking about him. And I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I guess it's sort of a bottom line in question, and I'd be interested in getting your guys' take. I mean, you know, I, to, to, to some extent, I think that it is, you know, it's, it's like a lot of the callers have been saying, um, he's had a huge following and a huge fan base for so long and so many people are just so disappointed in him they believed in him as 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 an important you know critic of american government and the american surveillance state um and it's just you know just awful to see him you know essentially turn into like michael savage or, or rush limbaugh um i think to a certain extent it's that he is is such a kingmaker um that he is that you know he is he is in a lot of ways singularly responsible um for you know, unleashing, uh, you know, Barry Weiss Incorporated um, with, with all of its, uh, uh, you know, manifold consequences um, on the world and, and you know, elevating, uh, you know, just shit heels like, like Michael Tracy, you know, who, who you know, he's, he's just sort of like elevated this, this troll network um, to, to uh, 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 positions of, of prominence um, that, that they otherwise wouldn't have. They would just be, you know, sort of, you know, anons uh, sniping at each other on, on Twitter if, if, if he didn't constantly elevate them. But, I, but you know, we, we uh, you know, and G, you, you keep coming back to the idea that, you know, he's, he's really, you know, he, he's not doing journalism. If you look at his, his Substack output, you know, over the last uh, year or so, you know, it's, it's just a bunch of, of penny ante media criticism, just, you know, call, you know, just, just, just not, not even saying anything interesting, just sort of, you know, using the, the, the Fox news line, you know, to, 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 to bash and demonize uh, the, the times and the post. Um, but yet he, he still maintains this, this cultural cachet as, as the, as the supposed dissident leftist or, or whatever. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, why do you think, why are we talking about him still? And do you think that we're ever going to reach a point um, anytime in the near future um, where we can just, you know, let, let, let this guy be and, and, and just, just, uh, just relegate him to, uh, to his, his uh, uh, shitheel consistency that, that, that he seems to, to so desperately want. Yeah, I have a few thoughts on that. What is just like the sort of size of his audience? I mean, like he has, you know, nearly 2 million followers on Twitter and, uh, you know, he does have this kind of like base. And so it's therefore important. He's, he's on the Tucker Carlson show and, you know, reaching a lot of people. And the, the other aspect is that he's using his reputation from, you know, one time being aligned with the anti-war movement and anti-imperialist movement to launder this horrible stuff, this anti-trans stuff and this, you know, uh, pro-Fox News stuff. And so I think that it's there's a value in not allowing him to do that, to like basically say, like, you know, to make it, to accurately observe what his politics are and to say he is just a conservative, you know, media social influencer so that he can't use his former reputation to smuggle in ideas uh, that are like, you know, like just anathema to, um, that have no connection with, you know, his actual achievements. I, I think it's actually very important 
to um, uh, in terms of like countering the bad things that he's saying and doing to like just um, accurately label him to make everyone understand this guy is just Michael Savage. He is just, you know, maybe not as like literate and intelligent as Michael Savage, to be honest. Uh, this guy is Tucker Carlson. Uh, you know, that, that, that's all he is now. And uh, that he, we can't let him, his former reputation, like uh, uh, fool people. But I think that's important to do. Yeah, I agree. And, I, I, you know, I would also add that I think that one of the reasons that we're still uh, talking about this guy, setting aside everything that uh, Jeet just said about his reach and his influence, and, and also I think his, you know, his history, uh, is that, uh, you know, he, he is, uh, I mean, he, he, he deploys this in particularly nasty ways, uh, but he is an entertaining media figure. And that is the reason why people pay attention to him, is that he is very good at... Uh, getting people's attention and 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 uh, making it so that they are uh, paying, and a lot of times it's negative attention, but paying this negative attention to him, and the kind of the way that it just kind of you know, rolls and manifests itself, and it just it it turns into this huge perpetual motion machine of of outrage and like you know I mean like he's he's very happy to sit on Twitter for eight hours a day and just fight with people and attack you know, attack people with, like, tens or hundreds of followers. And, you know, like, he again, he has, like, 1.8 million, but, like, he goes after them. And But I think that one of the reasons that he does that is that that means that people are always interacting uh, with him because there's a possibility that he might reply to you. Uh, there's a possibility that you might be able to, like, quote-unquote, get one over him or whatever. Um, and it's quite clever. I mean, like, that's how he has built up his audience, or that's, you know, that's, that's part of it. Um, and so... Uh, this is just why he's still being talked about. And what he's doing now uh, is he is deploying that uh, in service of uh, basically just uh, the people at Fox and, and, and the mainstream conservative movement, which he is a part of. Um, and he is, and that is why we are calling him an online social media conservative influencer, because that is what he is. That's what he does now. Um, and and that's his primary uh, function. Um, yes, yeah. he, yes, he blogs at Substack. Yes, he does videos at Rumble. Yes, he does a radio show uh, at, on this app, Colin, um, as well. But but what he primarily does is he tweets to two million people, um, and he makes himself the you know the main character of their Twitter experience uh, two to three days a week, and that's and that, and that is why. And and he has so much influence and reach. Uh, to to people who are serious people and people who are not, uh, that this just kind of like maintains him as as a presence in in the in the discourse. Yeah, I want to say one one other thing about why why he's kind of important, uh, which is that I think there's this project on the right um, to kind of uh, harness anti-systems feelings. Uh, there's a lot of people in America and around the world who are like very upset at the you know the status quo, and um, but their politics are amorphous; it can go in left or right uh, directions. And I think people like Peter Thiel and people like. Uh, Tucker Carlson are uh, very opportunistically um, uh, trying to uh, harness that sentiment and convince people who have these uh, feelings that they're on their side. And Greenwald is a perfect person 
uh, to bring on board because he's you know he has genuine achievements as a critic of the system, and so he can uh, uh, be someone who can uh, um, uh, help bring aboard people who might be anti-war um, to start thinking. Well, you know, Tucker Carlson makes some good points, and again, I th- I feel like it's all like a, a farce and a charade, and also in a lot of ways a deception because I mean the people like Teal. And Carlson, they're not anti-war. They they want to have a war with China. Their whole policy is that America should, you know, uh, withdraw from the Middle East and from Europe, have a less of a presence there, so that they can like fight the true enemy, which is the Chicons. And I think that's just like a, it's a horrible position to have. And uh, Tucker Carlson is allowing these guys to um, to sell that program, which I think is very bad. Absolutely. Uh, and, and you know, like there's. There's a lot more that we could we could say about that. We've talked about Tucker quite a bit on the show. Um, also talked about uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who's another person who who was used in this way. Um, and I think that uh, probably gee, you'll have to come back on so we can kind of dig more uh, deeply into that aspect of it because I think that's a really interesting and important part. Um, but for now, I think we're going to have to uh, call it there. Thanks, everybody who called in. This was this was really great. Jeep, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. Um, mm-hmm. No, and, good uh, to be on. Good to be on. It was a very good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if you are listening on the app and you have not already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the show uh, so that you can become so that you can be updated on our uh, episodes as they go live and as they're up for replay. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please. Rate and follow and consider getting the call on app so that you can join the conversation uh, like all of these people did here today. All right, guys. uh, We'll see you next week, and uh, thanks a lot for listening. Bye.